0: you're about to enter seventh heaven if you like this pod then you can show your support by rating us five stars and hitting that little subscribe button to help us climb the pod rankings and spread the sevens gospel if you're looking for extra content you can go to our youtube page or our social channels twitter and instagram our handle at seventh heaven pod again like subscribe share and we hope you enjoy the episode In yeah. It's me, Burnsy, and I'm back with the two biggest show ponies on the airwaves. It's Mitch and Chip, live and direct like AJ Tracy from Bermuda. Your Celestial One Stop pod is back
1: in your ears. Boys, so good to see
0: you.
2: <laughs> show ponies,
1: show stoppers more like Burnsy. Mate, great to see you today, Burnsy. Uh, in Bermuda, we've got sun, we've got waves, we've got the beach, but one thing we haven't got is your amazing patter. Oh, my God, I can't say you how jealous I was when I was watching you
0: boys on the telly. Like, just a little bit of me died every minute of the coverage I watched, but I was pleased to be watching you boys out in the park again.
2: What, what did we look like in the uh, London Royal Stash, mate? That's what I want to know.
0: Mate, the London, the London Royal Stash is primo. It's a close-run thing against, I think, is it Miami? The ones who've got black with the, with the Harlequin... Yeah, it. I don't it. like that
2: one. That's my least favourite. Yeah. Interesting. Agree.
0: It's It looks like an invitational team, Wyvern Harlequin. In fact, I'm pretty sure they've stolen the template. But look, in that intro, I mentioned showstoppers, but really I should have been talking about traffic stoppers because, Chip,
1: look at the state of your face. Yeah. Um, obviously, I, I've looked a bit better in my time uh, and I've looked a bit worse. Um, seven stitches, a black eye, lost my tooth. Um, yeah, I, luckily, I'm not a confidence person, so uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm riding quite high at the moment. You've got to be in it to win it. Um, I've got all the colours of the rainbow coming out of my eye, and my eyeball's just gone bloodshot, so more to come.
2: Luckily, you're on a podcast chip, which is an audio audio uh, medium, right. so the look of you right now is a scare for none of the listeners, just
1: for me and Burnsy. So the phrase, face for radio, is actually apt. Perfectly apt right now. It was a nice
2: reminder of what rugby's all about, eh? <laughs>
1: yeah. Play rugby, they said.
0: It's a bit of karma from last week after you said that looking at Ben Foden was like looking in the mirror.
1: Yeah. Karma really came back to bite me in the hoop there. He, um, he's obviously had a full set of veneers done. I know I've only had two, but I got managed to get one of them knocked out uh, in the first minute against the biggest team uh, we play against, which was absolutely outstanding. Classic, big
2: chip, living up to his reputation as the tough man, carried on, leading from the front out here as well, which uh, he's done impeccably, um, which I think is the popular opinion from the team. Got out there, kept putting his face where it hurt for the remainder of the tournament, which was bloody impressive, seeing as you could only see out of one eye.
0: I was going to say that you re-announce yourself to the tournament by putting on the biggest shot of the weekend on the smallest player on the
1: park, out of his blind spot, turned him over, taught him a lesson. (laughs) Hey, you've got to be there to win it. If you want to come out on that field, you've got to be prepared to get blindsided. If I can only see out of one eye, he best see me coming. It's not like I'm small.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, look, coming back to last week, uh, Ben Foden,
1: awesome guest. Yeah, top bloke. I mean... He's, he's a very much a boy's boy, um, and he opened up a bit on that podcast, um, talk, revealed a couple of media secrets. I think my favourite part of it was that when he kept referring to himself as a celebrity.
0: Well,
2: <laughs> it, it got me thinking. Can we refer to ourselves as celebrities? Obviously, like you know, we've got a, a barnstorming podcast. We're out there in the media world. Well, I mean, you know, I, I figure we're in the same boat, are
0: we not? I mean, I think that there's a reason that they categorise celebrity with letters, so... You're welcome to refer to yourself as celebrity, but it's up to the public what letter goes in front of that.
2: What, what list do we think Bodes is on? And we can call him that now because we're in the same team. Podes. what is it, Is he A-list,
0: B-list, C-list? Where are you where you're putting him? I mean, I'd mean, i say that you're being generous with the alphabet, but yeah. uh, it was still great to have a bit of Stardust sprinkled on the pod. Hey, hang on.
1: We need some, we need some shares here from BJ. You need to get him is sharing you? the... We can't be calling him a nasty name and... Getting him slagged off the podcast. <laughs> Top guest. Thank you very much for coming on, BJ. I'm sure you're listening to this when this when this airs. Oh, he's the he's the, big, he's the biggest name that's been in
0: Seventh Heaven, I'd say. Apart from you, Burnsy. Wow,
1: wow, wow, Burnsy. So how how's things going back at home? I hear you've got a bit of an infestation. Chip, good
0: of you to ask. Uh Yes, I found some mice in my kitchen this week, so I've been running around trying to find some traps. And I've got to say, I'm not really experienced with mice. I'm used to rats, love rats or pod rats. So which leads me to ask Mitch, have you managed to keep your mic in your pants this week or have you been playing away from home again?
2: (laughs) Uh, Zero podding since we last spoke. I thought on reflection, save myself where my heart lies, which is obviously here in seventh heaven. Um, So, yeah, I'm fresh. I'm fresh on this week
0: raring to go um genuinely i've got a mice problem though in my kitchen and i'll tell you what the movie ratatouille's got a lot to answer for because i've been driving around trying to find a humane mouse trap so that i don't kill him in the process i mean i grew up in an era where you used to go to school fates and the rat would come down the drain you had to whack him with a baseball bat as it, he came it out a the real bottom. rat
1: it was a real rat was it wasn't a piece of play dough. <laughs> Oh, what, what sort of fate did you go to? <laughs> Private school, they had rats for Benzie, didn't they? Yeah, real rats. But, and Bensey, the
2: kitchen's not the only place you've been running around, is it? If Instagram's uh, to tell the story, you've been out on the field, strutting your stuff with ball in hand.
0: Yeah, I picked up a couple of meat pies in a ready-for-rugby tournament, but no one seemed to have focused on that aspect of the Instagram post. Everyone's been a little bit unkind about my legs and then my lids. <laughs>
1: Is it? I don't know how anyone has a goal to challenge your lid. It's glorious. Thank you you've not even worn a hat for today's pod. I'll be, I'll be honest. I spent
0: so much time selecting the right filter to show that I was more thatched at the back than I actually am, that I forgot about the front and people have laid into me for the hairline. I just can't win.
2: <laughs> i don't know what to say to that <laughs> i don't want to say to the fact that you've just admitted the live on the pod that you edited your <laughs> instagram post to that extent uh, i don't know I, I don't know what to say
1: christmas is coming burnsy um we can make a couple of these microphone stands into a wig for you if you'd like lad <laughs> i've shared too much but how's bermuda boys yeah, mate, top. Um been a good week uh leading into the tournament um last week. A nice build, um getting to know everyone. I feel like we've got a nice vibe in the camp now. Mm. Um and then since the weekend, uh we've had a day off yesterday and we had another kind of recovery day today with a pool session and a light gym session this afternoon. Um, and trying to just like trying to get back there physically after first bit of rugby in, well, for me since Cape Town, so January, um and some of the lads seven months, so yeah, mate. Absolutely zero complaints. Even though I look like I've been booed in the face. Not looking your pre- not looking your prettiest.
0: Unlike Mitch, whose social media this week has left me speechless at times.
2: Look, mate. All right, you've got to do what you've got to do,
0: and um,
2: <laughs> I don't know.
0: Does it, Does that include posing in a waterfall with the most swollen face in Bermuda? And a yeah, I protein really shaker. look at that.
2: I got a lot of heat for that photo. I didn't really look at it before I posted it. Maybe I should have done. Um, the person I feel sorry for is, is AJ, Alex Davis' roommate, because he gets landed with taking most of the photos um, and capturing most of the content. So I can only imagine what he thinks of me now.
1: We've known each other a long time, but you know, I must be going down his estimations. To be fair, he did really well to crop out the, the sign that said children's pool. <laughs> uh, it's the only way you could stand up in a pool anyway. <laughs>
2: You know what? Chip is, Chip is yeah. jealous at the moment because the doctor's told him he's not allowed to go swimming for a week because of his stitches as well.
0: Do you know what? Since you put that photo up, obviously someone's done their research and tracked you back to the pod because I got sent this message through Instagram. It's a lady with no followers and following no one, asking if you'd like to if that she's saying that she'd like a boyfriend. <laughs> Was that on the uh, on the Seventh Heaven account? Is it? It is. She's called Christy and she's twenty six, but spoiler alert, I don't think she exists. <laughs> <laughs> but if she follows us, then that's great. A follows a follow. We're nearly at a thousand. Right, speaking of followers, shall I get should we get one of our number one on the pod ASAP? Um, he's given us the hype up
2: on the Instagram story, he's been a regular listener, and he obviously knows more about Sevens than we do, so it'd be great to have someone on the pod who actually knows about the game we're talking about.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: Here we go, over 200 matches on the series, approaching 50 tries with 47 to his name, it's Samoa captain Tomasi Alessio. One night in heaven,
3: one night in heaven, one night heaven, one oh, night Righto,
0: Tomasi, number one fan of the pod, welcome to 7th Heaven, is everything you ever wished?
4: Cheers! Thanks for having me, Brenty. <laughs> nah, it's been um, it's been great listening to your guys' podcast and, and the movement you guys are doing around uh, rugby players and just getting a little insight into um, you know, a few few boys' lives. And it's always just interesting to hear and kind of inspiring too. Uh, inspiring too. So. It's been great. We
2: told him to say that, Bernsey. Te- teed
4: him up straight teed away. Teed him up. He absolutely nailed that. That can be our
0: advert for the pod. Mate, I know that's I know that's coming from, I know that's coming from the heart, but let's cut to the chase. You've listened to every episode. Who's your favourite on the pod?
2: Who's your favourite? Who's your favourite? Answer this very carefully. Remember, Bernsey's miles away right now. <laughs> But he also has the editing power. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hefty be you, Brindy, mate. Oh. <laughs> oh,
3: man. oh man.
2: <laughs> to be honest though, it, it also it's fair to say that Massey's probably one of your favorites, isn't he, Burnsey?
0: Yeah, mate. He got involved in the emoji challenge that we did on Instagram. He IG stories us a lot, so got a lot of time for Tomasi. <laughs> um, but um but mates, you're out in Bermuda with the boys. You're playing for the Pacific Asia Dragons. How are you finding it so far?
4: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, Brinzy, you know, when I found out, when I got an opportunity to come to Bermuda, it was um, you know, I was quite excited. Uh Bermuda out of all places and just to be able to travel again, really. Uh, jumping on a plane after the uncertainty uncertainty this year. Um, having no sevens, it was just great to Kind of get the opportunity to to come and play again and compete. Obviously catch up with some old mates I, I see for about seven months during the season. And also making some new friends too. So uh, it's been a great time so far and I uh, look forward to making more memories.
2: We had quite a nice moment, didn't we? Like first night when yeah. all the Sevens guys were here. We yeah, were like, oh, yeah. it's like
4: back on the series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little reunion with the Sevens boys. Yeah, no, it's awesome seeing the Sevens boys again. So...
0: Yeah, do you know what we don't ask our guests this enough? But what are the reputations of Mitch and Chip like on the
4: series? Oh, <laughs> I think he's trying
2: to stitch. <laughs> As well.
4: Yeah, nah, fuck these these guys are great lads. You know, um, the the English boys are always good fellas. They're nice to talk to, and you know, if, if you're not competing uh, fiercely on the field, you're always kind of having good and connecting off the field, and and have a kind of a, a good close relationship with. Uh, These two fellas, and it was good to see them again here in Bermuda. So we're quite happy when we've all seen each other. (laughs) That's a classic answer from Massey, who's potentially the nicest guy in the World Series
0: (laughs) right there. This is is what I've heard. I've done a bit of research, actually, on you, Tomassey, and I've dug out a few stories. That I'm going to bring up a little bit later. Um, But, but boys, what about Samoa, when you've played them? Tell us about some of the ding-dongs you've
1: had. Yeah, I think every time we play against you guys, we know what's going to come. Like physicality, um, loads of jinky steppers. And then, like, you think, oh, if they've got quick and jinky steppers, they're not going to have big boschers up the middle. And then you always have a big boscher up the middle as well. So um, whenever we play against them we always have to strap in. Um, extra, I think since Titch has come in, you've just got that extra element. Like, I don't know what it is, but that switch, especially when it comes to big games that you always turn up for. Um, yeah, it's always... Oh, it's Pretty crap playing against it to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a test, and it's always a good game to be honest. So whenever yeah, we play,
2: it's yeah. decent, isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting, like Do you rec- how, how has it changed actually? Like seeing you yeah. brought up Titch since she's come yeah. in. Yeah. Like, how has the has it changed the game plan a lot? Changed the way you play? Changed the way you approach it?
4: Yep. I think uh, what worked for us when Titch came in is he really just drives high performance and just high standards. You know, Titch has got a big uh, fitness regime, so he got the boys super fit. Like, you know, we were able what, to. What was that like? Oh, man, it was tough. Like, <laughs> I, I'd never, um, you know, been through training sessions like any sessions like Titch. So it was. Um, it what was the worst ones? What were like his toughest ones he used to put you through? Oh, so we'll. F- probably um like 16 150s that's probably like a normal session for titch so 16 150s um 16 yeah, reps of 150 meters yeah, 150 meters and that that's a conditioning session that that titch runs is probably one of the special ones and you have to get every rep under 28 seconds with a 40 second recovery so the recoveries are walk back to the to the goal line so, yeah, um, I feel sorry for the boys who, you know, who don't get picked in the 12 during during the tournaments because they have to do that as game replacements. So oh. that's always a, a tough session. But a good thing about touch is, um, you know, not only he, he got the boys fit, but it was just, he got us mentally tough, which was, in a way, uh, the way we approached tournaments was just um, all about attitude. And, you know, we had, we had our, our good moments, we also had some, some bad moments. So it was just trying to find a balance uh, between those moments and trying to stay consistent, which, uh, which, was, which I thought we, we found quite hard to find, so... It's always a challenge, isn't it? Especially yeah. sevens. Is like that, I think that's the number one that sets the you know, first,
2: second and the World Series apart, is the ability to be consistent and just yep. deliver game on game. Because obviously when you're playing tournament
4: format, yep. that's the challenge.
2: It has has it Titch come in and improved like your game personally? Do you think has it changed your game at all?
4: Yeah, uh, personally, I think I've I've played some of my best uh, sevens rugby under Titch. You know, just his knowledge of the game, uh, how he drives um, his his skills, decision making, all those especially under fatigue, which is sevens. You need to be conditioned at, at a high level for the World Series. So, you know, I'd I'd never felt as um as fit as I've, I've uh, I have in my life. And also um, skills-wise, especially, and just um kind of, uh, he opened me up to new positions. Like, I thought I'd never be able to play halfback and throw in a line But, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, I thought I would just be either first receiver or grinding away in the forwards. But, you know, I, I got, um I was very really thankful that I got to cover uh, a number of positions in sevens, which I thought I'd, I'd never do, so... Yeah, he, he improved my game heaps and I was very thankful and grateful to, to have Titch. So, I've,
2: I've always been playing half back and still
1: can't throw to a line out right? <laughs> I wasn't gonna say anything. I knew you were thinking it was <laughs> gonna say Um like obviously around the series we always chat to you boys and chat like we have chin wags with some other coaches, but yeah I I'm sorry this isn't like an episode about Titch, but he he strikes me as like quite unapproachable oh, like honestly. I don't think I've I think I've had a couple of nods off him yeah. in my time like on the series yeah. and I know obviously Mitch has had a hiding off him before <laughs> <Yeah. for laughs> that to- was years back for yeah. touching <laughs> the uh, touching the toast with his fingers yeah yeah um, <laughs> uh, what's he like is he, is he quite approachable as a coach because <laughs> he strikes me as like Obviously, him and Rodders went to school together, but yeah. like Rodders is so different. <laughs> like, we can speak to Rodders. And, <laughs> yeah. like, what about Titch? Can yeah, you speak nah. to him? Or
4: he, he doesn't give too much away. He, Titch, like he's he's quite unpredictable, really. But now, nah, like all in all, he's he's a real nice guy. Like uh, he he treats the boys very well. He is like yeah, I, I know what you mean and how he comes across uh, unapproachable. Yeah. But he's, nah, he's a real nice guy, he's got a real big heart. Um. The, the the player welfare is real great. When, when Titch was on, um, was on as head coach, so yeah, nah, he's 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 a nice guy. It's just about kind of getting him to engage with you and having that conversation. Yeah. Safe, safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good answer.
2: Good. <laughs> Titch is a is a regular listener of the pod, so. Nice yeah. like, yeah. like, like sure smart he, move, being uh, cagey with yeah. you. He's still on Windows ninety eight, Yeah, you can't die. <laughs> Uh, but I reckon, I reckon you boys have softened him up a bit because yeah, he's definitely yeah. more relaxed around the series yeah. than he used to be when he was with New Zealand. Yeah, um, I've had like ten times more conversations with him since he's yeah. been coaching you boys than yeah. he was when he was coaching the Kiwi boys. So, yeah, yeah you you've obviously rubbed off well on him. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I was going to say that Titch obviously doesn't know how to coach defence though because Chippy scored against you out in Dubai. I was looking at the stats. From earlier in the season. <laughs> <laughs> Taught me to
4: told talk, talk me through that, Tomasi. To How did that happen? Oh, um, yeah, before the game I told the boys that the guy with the blue headgear is my good mate, so let him <laughs> <win>. <laughs> Let him cross the chalk. It must have been that.
2: Let him cross oh, the chalk it. for this one. <laughs> I told you, the nicest guy in the series. Um I, I was just gonna I was just gonna ask, winding it back, right, like, what has been your like story in rugby what's been your yeah. kind of career path up yeah. to this point yeah so i think it's obviously people will be interested they've seen you out there doing your thing on the world series and tearing up but yeah. people will probably be interested to know like where did it begin and mm. how did you get to this point
4: yeah oh so um yeah after college rugby i'd gotten into uh the wellington academy and that's a pathway to to get to Martin cup and and also super rugby so uh, from there I played club rugby at the um, premier level, and then I took a big injury, which is um, which was kind of a setback for me. I got uh, osteomyelitis, which was a pubic bone infection, Whoosh. and um, that happened in two thousand and eleven, and that put me out for about a year and a half. So, Oof. yeah, I was just a year and a half without rugby, and you know, at that point I'd gone into a a real dark place. I'd i would Put put on heaps of weight. Just you know, wasn't watching what I was eating, and I just mentally, my um, mentally, I wasn't in the right space just because of this in- injury. I was young. I didn't know how to approach uh, having a big injury, and then I I moved away to Brisbane to where my um, where my partner was. We we had uh, we had our um, our first older oldest girl, and she's ten now. And then uh in Brisbane, um, our youngest girl was born over there and, and I was just, you know, enjoying fatherhood at the time and, and coming off rugby and then and then I, I wanted to get back into it. You know, I still had the dream of for me as a young kid in New Zealand, it was the dream of wearing the the black jersey. And then I I'd, I'd got him back into club rugby slowly. Um the injury had cleared away and then and a few years later, down in uh twenty fifteen, Walemai, uh, you know, Samon sevens legend, he asked if I wanted to go over to Samoa to play in the Marist Sevens tournament. And then he told me that was an opportunity to to make the Samoa Sevens. And I was 23 at the time. And I kind of had thought that, you know, it's too late for me to make a, a Mitre 10 or, or Super Rugby in New Zealand. So I thought this is an opportunity I can take with, with both hands. And, and I went over and played in the, um, in the Marist Sevens tournament. And then from there, I got asked to, to stay back in camp and then and then from there I went to make my went on to make my debut in um in Hong Kong for Samoa. So yeah, since since twenty fifteen, uh Hong Kong uh, I've just been sevens ever since then. I've done a full of ten cup season in twenty fifteen too. And then uh and I've been just for the last six seasons been with the Samoa Sevens. So nice. Yeah, that's been good. Um, you know, just opportunities that, that came around and I uh, yeah, I had to take and and Wale May was a big influence upon my decision to go and uh, represent Samoa. Sweet, that's yeah. great.
2: What a place um, to make your debut as well. what was that like?
4: Oh, it was awesome. Like, to be honest, like I I explained to everyone because they asked me what was your debut like, and we were the last game of on um, Friday night, you know. Oh, so, exactly. oh, and um, And we had Fiji, oh, and, which... like I I told everyone that as soon as we ran on, I wanted to run back off the field. <laughs> I couldn't handle the pressure and, you know, like I was I was excited in the in the warm-up. I was, I got named to start as well and then um, as soon as we ran on, just the atmosphere got to me. Couldn't handle the pressure. I wanted to run back off and I had a shocker, to be honest. I got subbed <laughs> off at halftime. <laughs> no, We've yeah, all, so, yeah. we all been there. We've all been
2: there. That's an intense atmosphere, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Hong Kong yeah. on a Friday night. It's yeah. yeah. probably as intense as the atmosphere yeah. gets. I mean, you kind of, I think you're right. Like, there's a there's a time when you can learn to love that, but if yeah. it's not the right time, it's yeah. it's tough. Exactly. And also, there's a bit of a thing, isn't there? Like, Samoa versus Fiji is like yeah. Yeah. That's always a big thing. Yeah. That's a big ding yeah. dong. Yeah. Yeah, No, it's massive. What's what's the? Is that just you know, a sort of local rivalry yeah. type stuff? Or? I
4: think it's yeah, just you know, battle of the the Pacific Island you know nations, and it's yeah, it's just. They've had some good battles. You know, when when I used to watch as a young boy growing up, the Fijians so always had to have some good battles. So yeah. that rivalry still continues today. And, um, you know, when we come up against those Fijians, it's always going to be a tough one. But yeah, I always remember my debut and I was, yeah, I was shit scared. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Your story is really
0: interesting, Tomasi. And I just want to ask about what the feeling or the relationship with Pacific Islanders and New Zealand rugby is. Because you mentioned that... You, your dream was to play for the All Blacks, but you're from Samoan heritage. But often it can be the other way around where there's guys who are raised on the islands and then they come over and they play for the All Blacks. How does that relationship work?
4: Yeah, so, yeah, like, you know, every young kid's dream is to, to, in New Zealand is to grow up being an, an All Black. And, um, you know, that, that was always my dream, as, as I mentioned before. And then when I got the chance to, to go and represent Samoa, I've, uh, you know, for me it was it was for my parents. You know, they were raised in Samoa, and um, and you know, it's a real rough upbringing there. So for me, really, it was just it was just about going and and representing um, my my parents. You know, country of birth for them. They they raised us well as kids, and and I went really just I was inspired to do it for them. You know, and kind of give back to them by the way they've raised us, and um, and you see heaps of uh also uh in in the in the kiwi side you know who just um we're in New Zealand, you know rugby's a religion and and these guys there's there's lots of pathways to for for professional rugby in in new zealand so for us um Warns, you know in New Zealand we're real grateful for the pathic pathways we get especially at grassroots level from club rugby going on to minor ten and, and then on to higher honours you know we we've got a real good pathway in uh, new Zealand that kind of builds us up to to that international level. But yeah, for me, it was it was going from uh from New Zealand and, and just really representing my country uh for my parents and kind of giving back to them. That's cool. Mm. I like that, man.
0: I mean, yeah, that is that is really cool, as Mitch said. But can I ask about uh like Samoans and Tongans and Fijians who end up coming to New Zealand and playing for the all blacks? Do you think if rugby was looked after a little bit better in the Pacific nations and world rugby took a bit more care of them that these guys would want to play for their Pacific nations rather than New Zealand.
4: Yep. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, yeah, they will be, it'll be uh, cool to think that all these players will be able to to represent their countries. And now I think uh, these, these tier two nations kind of need a better pathway or, development in, in the countries like Samoa. Like, I think for Samoa to really, uh, I think it was one of the questions for Samoa to really prosper in rugby, they need um, a real good development at grassroots level. You know, I truly believe that, um, that it all starts from, from grassroots and if, if they put more time and invested more time and money into the development, then it will it will help these kids uh build a pathway to for these kids to go and represent their country and you know just um yeah it'll be it'll be good if we had a better better development programs right from when you know the young kids growing up uh because in Samoa really rugby uh they don't really start till till college and even then it's not till they get out of college where development slowly starts so. If if they could build a better development to get a better pathway for us and for us and Samoa, because there's shitloads of talent on island, in you know, or um, or take Samoa a very long way in the future.
0: Mm. Oh my God! Can you imagine if the Samoans started playing when they were young? Everyone would be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd have no teeth left. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's an interesting thing for how that ends up as being the makeup of your seventh team as well, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got a, couple, a bit of a mixture, haven't you? Because you've got a few guys like yourself who either grew up or live in New Zealand, yeah, and then a few guys who have grown up playing and living in, in Samoa, yeah. Yeah so how did, how does that work in a, as a group dynamic as a team dynamic having guys with very different upbringings like yeah. very different ideas about life about you know different world experiences and things like that
4: Yeah yeah it's it's quite interesting really yeah we have a f- like five New Zealand boys currently in, in the Samoa 7s squad that um go from New Zealand to to Samoa to, um, to obviously play for Samoa 7s and kind of uh, seeing these local boys who Kind of come from a rough upbringing Um, you know it's just very you know uh, what's the word it's kind of um, you know uh, for us like seeing them in in, in that kind of situation it just makes us inspires us more to to fight hard for our country and uh you know the, the these boys development don't really start till out of college as i said and um and just the different levels
2: What's it like for yeah. those lads going on, on being, the World yeah. Series? Cause yeah. Yeah. Being plonked in Hong I'm Kong maybe. in like, yeah. an absolute plush hotel. Yeah. I imagine a lot of them maybe haven't travelled that much, yeah. if at all. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, getting on a plane, yeah. going to all these amazing places around the world. How yeah. do they find
4: that? Uh, these guys love it. Like, you know, they they just, uh, they're so excited. So um, I'm always paired up with the newest guy <laughs> on the team. You know, <laughs> they, they put a senior player with a new guy. And um, I remember his, he debuted in, in London last year. And he didn't know what the key was for, you know, for our cards, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the, for, for the room, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was like, "Oh, yeah, what's this for?" And I was like, that's for the room." And he tapped it, opened the door, and you know, he just couldn't believe it. So yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, over there, like, yeah, that just a, a lack of uh, resources, you know, facilities that that we have, they just don't don't have that in Samoa, and it would be awesome if if they invested time and money into doing that for. Um, for for the locals in on the island Mm. Mm.
2: yeah i must i mean i just
4: can't really imagine like we always go
2: to these places and think they're amazing and like yeah um it's i can only imagine what it's like if it's such a contrast yeah um i think that that must come with its own problems as well because like you've touched upon with your debut like sometimes these are pretty high pressure situations Yeah. yeah um And particularly if you've got the whole whirlwind of being on a new place, on a trip, Mm. for the first time ever, like that must be a pretty difficult situation to handle. And I guess the one that stands out, which we don't have to talk about if you don't want to, but was like the the World Cup, for example, uh, a couple of years ago when there was a bit of trouble with a couple of the guys on the team. Yeah. and all oh, the chat was well you know these are guys who are local and yeah. this is the this is a bit of a cultural thing and yeah. mm-hmm. you know there's a bit of a lack of understanding maybe of what's like what the rules are in this different kind of circumstance in this different world that they're probably finding themselves in yeah um firstly i guess is there anything yeah i don't know do you want to talk about in that story in terms of what happened yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> i know some of it's been drip fed out and it's kind of yeah. on the rumor mill but yeah um and and the other thing is like, yeah, how how often do you ha- find yourself as a leader of the team mm. having
4: to kinda of pick up the pieces in, yeah. in that scenario? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, so going back to that, that World Cup kind of um yeah, it was just just one of our boys, you know, who was just he was he was frustrated, he had been frustrated with tournament as well and he'd just come back from injury. Uh, we had just lost to Wales and then there was a bit of a scuffle down in the tunnel after the game and then um you know, one of uh, our boys who's was just built up with frustration. He just, uh, you know, didn't know what us what other way to kind of let his frustration out, but to to start throwing his fists when um after we lost to Wales, and it was just it just started from a little scuffle, you know, just push and shove, and then it blew up by um one of our players just just getting in uh, amongst it, and he probably overstepped it or he did overstep the line a bit, and and then yeah um. Yeah, those kind of things, like, that's where we need uh, professional development in Samoa, you know, where, where these local boys need to kind of uh, be guided in a professional way rather than kind of just going off of, you know, the Samoan mentality where it's just about being hard, being tough. But, you know, we got to face consequences and, you know, you don't get away with those things around the world, especially in America where, where the incident did happen. But to have to have that professional development and kind of, um, kind of uh, these boys into into life outside the field, not only on on the field, will will be a massive difference in in Samoan rugby. Yeah. For sure, yeah.
1: yeah. Like obviously, for you as a captain, it must have been tough. Like I know Mitch, when we're around the world, prides himself on like how we like handle ourselves as a team and yeah. like how we knock around and yeah. when we heard about it as an England team, we were mm-hmm. like, everyone's like, oh, the bloody Samoans have done this. And I was yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, because obviously we know, we know you, I've known you yeah. like well for years now. Yeah. And I'd like, I said, like, it must have just been a blip. Yeah. But for you
4: as a captain, um, what were your feelings yeah. like straight after? Yeah, no, it, it was, Um, I, I felt for the the Welsh boys, you know, I, I really felt for the Welsh boys in And how the kind of situation unfolded and it should had never gotten to that point. And then, um and then also for our boys, like you know, I I gave these guys a word and I told them afterward that you're never kind of defined of how great of a rugby player you are. You're always defined as a great person off the field and you know, you can can be the best best rugby player in the world, but if you have a rubbish attitude then you'll always be remembered for having a rubbish attitude not a good rugby player. And I told these boys that, you know, there's, there's consequences and we can't just go around and and start throwing fists when we're angry. That's when we have to kind of hold it in. If you need to speak to someone, then go, go speak to them. And it was just about, um, but I'd let the boys know that, you know, I was there for them. Like that this is our group. This is our circle that we don't let anyone break it. And then, you know, he, he did learn, um, the the uh, our guy that, that had kind of got into the situation. He he learned from his actions and the hard way fa- yeah The hard yeah. Way. Yeah. faced the consequences and, you know, he spent a lot of time in, in uh San Francisco after the World Cup. Uh, he I think it was yeah. three plus months that he had, oh, to, really. had to stay in San Fran and kind of go through all the um, the process of yeah. of leaving uh the states again.
3: One night and one one
4: Before we crack on to
0: some more joyous things, I wanna clear something up, if that's all right, Tomasi. The word Uso what is an Uso? How is it used? And am I allowed to call people Usos? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah, so uh Uso means uh, brother. So you know it's that that's uh mournful brother so you, know, you can say uh, Uso to, to anyone any, you know close mates or just just anyone people you just met brother. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you're, <laughs> so you're my Uso <laughs> or, um, or sh- that's his past favourite moment might be his real
3: yeah
4: or, um, or sh- uh, the short short version for Uso is just Uso yeah boys always say "sub sup Uso how you Uso my Uso yeah yeah very good very
0: good <laughs> I speak the local lingo. Don't worry about it, boys. Um, you touched on the incredible atmosphere in Hong Kong when you made your debut. Another game, another stadium that you're involved in that's gone down in Seven's folklore is when you turned it around in Paris in the final in 2016 against Fiji. For those who aren't aware, you were 21 nil down at halftime then 26-7 down. And this is against the Fiji team that won the Olympic gold and they were flying. And he came back and won 29-26.
4: Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nah, that was, uh, you know, in my sevens career so far, that was probably one of my highlights. Um, as, as you said, we're down at halftime and we, had, we actually had Fiji in pool play uh, in Paris, you know, that, that same tournament and we lost to them about 50-0. So going into that final, we we had a good uh we had a good quarter final and semi final win against the Argies and and South Africa, and then going into that final, I knew the uh the boys kind of had in the back of their minds what, what happened in pool playing, we probably already kind of mentally defeated ourselves before running on the onto the field, and that showed in the first half and then um and then our halftime huddle, our coach just came on Damon McGrath our coach at the time had come on and, and just said to to believe in yourselves boys and and you know they just picked the boys up and then took us to another level and we came out um, firing in, in that second half you know one won, won that first kickoff back and then everything just clipped on from there. So yeah that that was probably uh, one of the best uh one of the best um highlights of of my sevens career so far. They had a stacked team, you know they had Tui Silva, uh Leone Nakarawa, Jerry Tuwai um yeah they they had the a real, real cuz they are preparing to to go to Olympics so
1: that was an amazing game to watch. I yeah. remember what being in the stadium for that game. Yeah. Uh I was I was just like at half time I thought uh, yeah. game's <laughs> done especially against Fiji. Yeah, Like yeah. no one really comes you don't really come back do you? when you especially when you're down like that and they yeah. when they've got a taste for it. Yeah. And then a couple of tries couple of tries atmosphere was class. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it was amazing. Great that game. It was awesome, yeah. What's it like in those situations? Because obviously you're
4: envious
0: because you would have liked to have been in the final. But do you fully get into the game? Do you back aside side,
1: or do you just take it on how the final unfolds? Uh, you always. I think when you're watching, you're like obviously you have it, you're not in the final. But you kind of pick, you always pick someone to. It's oh, th- normally the underdog yeah. in those situations, or like the lower seeded team. Probably oh, you've got, if you've got a, a mate on the team. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> how far are we? How far? How are we from seeing Samar uh, back? challenging for like a World Series title then Yeah, Do you reckon
4: yeah I, th- I think it's um, you know slowly getting there as as I said for us it's just about finding that consistency like you know, in, in some tournaments we come in hissing and humming and, and we're playing our best footy and then the next weekend we just we just drop down another level and it's about really finding that balance and I think it's it's an attitude thing just always going in with the right mindset and just always having like a um, you know, that that winning mindset just to be a champion. So I think if we can tweak that a little bit, just to then it will take us a long way into kind of competing for another World Series title. So Tomasi, I've got
0: got little squirrels around the globe that come back and feed me little acorns of information on players and nations. And uh, I'd like to ask, have you ever coached a Zumba class in your time?
4: A a Zumba class? (laughs) oh uh, <laughs> oh yeah yeah i know what one you're talking about um yeah now nah, i used to um for our boys warm ups when we want to change it up a bit i i used to do just zumba i'll, I'll make it up on the spot i'll just find a zumba mix on soundcloud and i'll just always go like eight beats actions and then change it so yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was just kind of spice up our mornings a bit down uh during training camp we'll have to see if we can get a clip of that from instagram <laughs>
3: One night one in heaven, heaven, one night in
0: Look, let's move from sevens to tens because you boys are out in Bermuda having a whale of a time. Yep. Right, nice and simple, guys. What do you make of it?
1: <laughs> so, um, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's a lot um, more physical, I think, than sevens. <laughs> says, says the guy sat there with the, black, <laughs> the massive black iron stitches. And no teeth. <laughs> yeah, but not, not even that. Um, I thought there'd be a bit more space. Um, but it's actually quite um, like attritional like the games like there's a lot of hitting up especially against the bigger teams like there's some teams here that' like brought some proper lumps out mm. kicking to corners, mauling, picking and going um, which is not a kind of something we've been training for the last six six years so yeah. or, or interested in or yeah. interested in yeah so yeah. they're kind of sapping the game a bit No, but it, it, it's good. I mean it's I, I could be playing anything I'm just loving being back out on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my first run since yeah. since Cape Town, so yeah, I'm loving I'm loving it, yeah. That was the same for me, just being back out playing again.
2: To be honest, yeah, yeah. Could, could have been touch, could mm. have been 15s <laughs> could could have been anything. I still would have loved it, yeah. There's definitely more I think there's I'm the opposite to you Chip I thought there was more space out there than I was expecting Did you? I thought, yeah. there'd, be, I thought there'd be way more No mm. I thought there was more I was expecting it to be a really difficult picture Yeah Um, But I think the the blend of having because you have got a few bigger boys mm-hmm. it creates quite a lot of, of nice opportunities Yeah Um, I mean especially for some of us like smaller quicker sevens guys Yeah You, you get the chance to attack against some props which yeah. in sevens you never get because yeah. everyone's quick and yeah. everyone's mobile Yeah like you must be looking at the defensive line thinking, oh, I'm gonna pick that guy up yeah, yeah.
4: and take him on. Nah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the same as Mitch. Like yeah, I, I find that there's a lot more space. Uh, probably for like the forwards, like Chippy, they're always having to cut it up for us, mm-hmm. like through the middle. And once they get um, you know, go forward ball, it opens up a lot of opportunities for the back, so uh, yeah, that's probably for for Chippy as he's having to do all the hard work, and then for aspects yeah uh, we can we can attack the edge, and you know, cause cause the forwards are always uh, split. There's always kind of uh, mismatches on the, on the paddock, and that's where we find opportunities on on the edges to you know have a go or just you know try and make something out of nothing.
2: You've that got a cruisy just... time in your team anyway, in the Asia-Pacific Dragons, because yeah. you've got a team stacked full of
4: big boys. <laughs> you're just sitting behind all the big lads. Yeah, yeah. It easy. Yes, yeah, it's fun. <laughs> We just need our, our Fijians and uh, our big boys to, to cut it up a bit more for us. So it really sits there, good platform. So do yeah. time that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Do you feel hungrier to win it now after that weekend's play? Um,
2: yeah, to be honest, coming into it, not knowing... Not knowing what the score was in terms of the team and who we had and what the setup was. Like I wanted to just enjoy the rugby. Winning, to be honest, was quite far down the list. But now we've had a taste of it, we're back into it. Like definitely a closer bond with the lads in our team.
1: Really want to go out there and win the thing, to be honest. Yeah, kind of especially after the way um, the Leeds Rhinos celebrated after, after winning <laughs> on week one of three. You thought they won the bloody World Cup and the Bledisloe and the Six Nations <laughs> and the Wooden Spoon and everything combined. Looking woohooing, knee slapping, ass tapping. All the subs ran onto the pitch like, ah. Knee sliding. Embarrassing, to be honest. And I'm hoping none of them listen. But if they are, they can stick it in their pipe and smoke it as well. Who cares? <laughs> yes,
0: Chip.
2: That would have been a good one for Chippy's Law, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did they show that. Have you seen that there? Where they celebrated? It was a bit weird, actually.
0: Yeah, they um they were they got the beers out and they were spraying them all over each other. I mean, it was like they'd won the Super Bowl or BBC's pointless, but
1: <laughs> you're top of the premiership for one week, lad, chill out. But then part of me thinks, you know what? Celebrate your victories. You they
2: know they clean sweeped it and they're beating the favourites, the London Royals, obviously. Um so why not celebrate? I don't know. I'm in two minds. Unlike Chip, who's very clear-cut with where he's at on it, on the matter. 100%. Yeah. I,
0: I like that kind of chat, Chip. You know me.
2: <laughs> what, what about you, Bernsey? What were your yes. th- thoughts on watching the first weekend, the first ever installment of the World
1: 10 series? Apart from um, Green with Envy because of Nick Heath's beautiful commentary. Oh,
0: man. A little piece of me died every time anyone from the commentary team came on green with jealousy what a, what a gig what a gig to have out there a fair play that it was a really really good production but I don't know from my point of view I'm no tactical mastermind but I couldn't figure out the strategies that all the teams were trying to implement and there wasn't like much of a discernible pattern to the game so it was a little bit tricky to get into and I think as well with the roll-on roll-off substitutes it's very difficult to keep track of what's happening and where the partnerships are on the field
2: yeah that's interesting Mm -hmm. i'd say a lot of the um disjointed nature of it is probably down to the fact that most teams have had two or three training sessions max bar maybe Ohio, who i think know each other pretty well and done a fair bit of training Mm. it'd be interesting to see week two coming up whether you know another week together a few games under the belt whether it's a bit more fluid and you know, the connections, as you say, are a little bit more obvious and players understand each other a bit better. But the roll-on, roll-off thing's weird because it's amazing because you can have a rest and then go back on. Yeah. But some teams are using it really tactically. I don't know if you know it's Bernsey, but uh, some of the teams with genuine front rows were literally bringing their forwards on for set piece. Like, a, you know, do a rolling mall, and then they end next stoppage, take them back off. So it's smart. It's smart play. But whether that's, you know, in the way we want in the, the spirit, game to
0: go, I don't know. Well, that's a question I wanted to ask as well for you as players. Yes, getting cycled off means that you get to recharge the lungs and come back with a bit more gusto. But do you struggle to get your head into the game if you're going off and then coming back on and then going back off again? You must struggle to get any pattern or rhythm.
1: Rich is used to it because he always gets sin-binned. Obviously, he's the most sin-binned player in, in England 7s history at the moment. Um, so he, he just picked you to that. Yeah. I must have done that. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, he's always used to having two minutes on the side. Now, it, it is it is tough coming back on, but at the same time, once, once you pin off, you don't go off and switch off. Do you mm. know what I mean? Like Sometimes when you get subbed in 7s, you're like, oh, pff, I can relax. I concentrate on getting the water on for the lads and kind of watching the game. Mm. But if we when you go off, you're constantly thinking, looking at where's the gap, what can I do to add to the team? When I come back on, what am I going to do different to what I've just done? It's kind of a nice, especially for me personally, it's a nice like reflection period that I come on, like recharge mentally as well and get back on and think, right, this is what I'm going to do now. I can watch from the outside and then kind of come and implement it.
2: There is, of course, like there is a similar element to some extent with sevens because you can use your, you have five subs, right? In sevens, but they can be interchanges. They don't have to be fresh players every time. So you do see guys being brought off and then being brought back on again in sevens. So that's probably an episode of Norse's Corner teed up there, the beauty of substitutions tactically. But that might be one of the duller ones, which should be remarkable. But...
0: One of the duller ones.
2: <laughs> there, there is something in it that's, uh, that's probably relevant for us or more relevant for us than, than you might think.
0: So Masi, I don't think I saw you get substituted all weekend.
4: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there was a game where I played um yeah, I played twenty minutes, but now I'd I'd come off if I had to. <laughs> it was yeah, like like the boys are saying, it's you know, you can't come off and just switch off like sevens. So you, but it's nice to come off and kind of just have a bit of a breather and go back on fresh. So that's that's the beauty of tens, is you know, it's rolling subs and you're always kind of having fresh legs on on the field. How did you think it compared, like fatigue wise, from a game of sevens? I oh, I thought it was a it was a bit slower. Like there are times where I was grasping for air, but because it was a bit slower at the set piece and there was always resets, you could kind of recover mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah. But yeah, no, nah, definitely uh, nothing. It's not compared to sevens like the conditioning. So
2: there was a shock to the I, system, though, Burnsy. I tell you, playing rugby again for the yeah. first time in six months. <laughs> Your yeah. First game, lungs out, like crisp packets, absolutely blew up. <laughs> Unbelievable.
0: On the flip side, for you, Mitch, and for you, Tomasi, what was it like tackling some of those props and those big back row forwards? I mean, when was the last time you tackled someone that size, Mitch?
2: Uh, oh, I'm, not sure. I'm not sure I managed it on the weekend anyway. But um, Well, the thing is, though, mate, to be honest, it's just different, different types of athletes because um, the athletes that you tackle on a sevens field are probably the hardest people in wild rugby to tackle, I reckon, mm. in some respects, because- yeah, it's a different type of, type of tackling, of isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Because but in sevens you've got guys who are big and quick uh, and really good at changing direction, so it's really hard to tackle those boys. The difference we had a little bit out here with the 10s is you've got guys that are probably a little bit heavier in terms, on the scales, yeah. um, but rather than trying to change direction and, and run at space, they're more inclined to run at you. Yeah. And, and to be honest, it's, whilst it's sometimes a bit more painful, it's definitely, from a success rate, easier. Mm. Or at least it yeah. was at the weekend. I mean, I still missed a couple of Burnsy, if that's what you're digging into. But, um, <laughs> but it probably wasn't, it didn't feel as scary. Sevens, you're defending so much space with guys who can do you in a phone box anyway. Whereas, I don't know, it felt a bit safer out in the tens field for me
0: um tomasi what about the asia pacific dragons because before the tournament a lot of the chat from the commentators the presenters hung favorites tags around your neck do you think that was fair and also how do you reflect on that first weekend for you guys
4: yes um yeah we, we got a you know real unique makeup of our team we've got guys from fiji tonga uh some South African boys, some some English boys as well. So um yeah it was just for us it's really about gelling together and um in in the weekend we slowly got better every game which was very pleasing but we just yeah we still haven't um we just still gotta still gotta gel together and a bit of work to do on our structure plays. But you know we, we got some big boys in the squad and it's just about kind of um playing to our strengths if you'd like. To, to kind of get some, some some kind of success.
0: It's going to be an interesting week two, though, isn't it? Because week one was so raw, all these new partnerships. But as you said, another week to gel, we could see the results flip on on their heads, couldn't we? Yeah.
4: yeah. Well, yeah, and, and now, like, going into week two, uh, you know, all the teams know how we've all played each other once now. So we, we know what to expect. So it's just about kind of tweaking a few things around it. Except for, of course, SX10, who
2: no one's played and haven't played yet. So they're an unknown entity <laughs> and they're going to be coming in fresh, pretty hot. because uh, I think they've been uh, itching to play some rugby. Um, the quote that's been going around, someone overheard Andrew Amonde saying that he's looking forward to seeing the first person try and tackle him when he's got the ball because they simply won't be able to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like with my look at the moment, it's going to oh, be yeah. <laughs> I guess
0: the I guess the big story of the weekend is that both your teams got beaten by a bunch of students. Who? <sighs> Who? Rhino Rugby. I didn't know they were students. I don't
2: know where they're from, Bernsey. You know more than we do. Hey, it's good for the student game, Bernsey. I'm happy with
0: that. Good Let's morning. prop up the student game. <laughs> I mean, they were the massive surprise package. Why did they beat everyone?
1: Yeah. Uh, so I, seven, I don't know. 80-meter eight, pick and goals is one tactic they mm. use quite well against us. Yeah. I think they, they
0: had a good. They just had a good. In,
4: they they were intense. To be fair, they had a really good intensity about them. Real physical. Yeah, the real physical. physical side. They they just done all the, the simple things well. I like just card it up, card it up. They they just keep grinding away and put phases together. Yeah, which yeah. you know ended up the D we ended up just being, we ended up falling off our feet. So yeah, they they're just real simple. They played a real simple brand of rugby, which which worked in their favour. It'd be interesting to see whether
2: they can take it to the next level. If teams step up, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much more they've got to offer. Yep. Might be proved wrong next weekend. We'll see. They were led pretty well by Mikey. Led pretty well by Mikey Tio, mm-hmm. uh, ex USA sevens and and 15s player as well. Um, he's a pretty good guy to be leading them. I think they're obviously
1: feeding off some of his experience as well. He's been feeding off a lot of stuff as well. Look at him. He's a big
3: boy.
1: <laughs> He's a big boy. Makes me look ripped up. <laughs> Sorry if you're listening, Mikey. Um, I'm not.
3: <laughs>
0: Few things. In my opinion, like a, radi- a raving success is the conversion Jeopardy.
2: Yeah, bit of fun.
0: Well, yeah, it's a good bit of fun because as the London Royals learned in the last game if you go for a one point it could come back to bite you at the end so what are the tactics that you're looking around at? yeah and it's a thing
2: as well if you're if you've conceded a five point try and then someone bangs over a conversion as well and you just concede ten points in the space of two minutes or whatever it is a killer it, it really you know it's a tough one um, I think we got Those those two that Tom Emery kicked were back-to-back. So we we got 20 points in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. And then the game suddenly seems a long way out of reach. But the thing that makes it interesting as well out here, conditions-wise, is that the wind makes a massive difference. If you notice, there weren't many people, especially on day two, two, kicking... I don't think anyone kicked a five-point conversion going the other way down the field because the wind was carrying the kicks over going in one direction. But it's very difficult to kick a 50-meter conversion... Into the wind out here, so that'll play into it again. Um, the, the intru- I don't
1: think that anyone hit any fours was it threes or fours? Yeah, yeah the fours. fours yeah, we had, we, we had an interesting one in the first game when um, <laughs> we yeah, scored our, I think it was our first try, yeah. uh, And our kicker Zinzan looks at Mitch for a bit of advice, and uh, Mitch says, yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, <laughs> to which then he thinks, meaning, meaning, go for the five. I said, Yeah, go for it then uh, he rolls over to the four pointer on the wrong side for his for his kicking angle and completely slices it and then says hey you you said four
2: you said go for the four man i said no go for it <laughs> there's a breakdown in communications east african i'm obviously speaking the queens
1: <laughs> it's, it's a tough one when you got michael kane giving you advice <laughs> boys what do you what do you think of the run-on music by the way <laughs> well the old What is the run-on it's music? The, it's the coffin <laughs> meme bit. Yeah, well, I, uh, I
2: can't I couldn't remember uh, it.
1: Yeah, I think they must have just bought the rights for one song, so they keep hammering it. <laughs> Mate, the music was pumping all day. I had a headache on day
2: one, a little bit of a knock. And headache all the way through the day, and they were just pumping the tunes relentlessly, massive speakers as if we were in a 60,000 seat stadium, but we zero, weren't. Zero fans. There was no fans allowed in because of COVID. It was just like mm. oof, oof.
0: <laughs> all day just like pumping into your head did it feel a little bit back to your roots back to old school sevens and tournaments for you guys because you could see the awnings all around the pitch you could see the team sat there just on plastic chairs chilling out watching the other teams did it, it feel back to your roots
1: a little bit I suppose yeah mm, Like, yeah. but at the same time it was like back to your roots when you're not playing and then you're playing and you, you look at APDs and they're stacked full of internationals <laughs> Uh, and massive islanders and you're in a bit, bit of trouble um, so yeah you you yeah. can't, you can't uh, relax too much yeah it wasn't like the Bournemouth social like no. it was the gameplay was pretty
2: full on and actually like I think as you say a lot of the production stuff going around it was super high level and professional but I like that kind of feel the, the kind of I don't know the no frills bit of it where you're just sitting around in the tent and you know you're not showering okay. or anything during the day and you get a bit smelly as the day goes on and I uh, kind of I don't know.
1: It keeps you humble, that sort of stuff. Mm. But one of them though, like mm. it's it's all it's all well and good on the weekend not showering, but you don't have to carry it on <laughs> in the weekend <laughs> You can wash your hair, you know.
0: Do you guys have a shower in between every game on the series?
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah. we do. Yeah. Yeah, ice baths, you do recoveries after each game, but here we we don't have the opportunity to do that. No. Like, there's no ice baths. Uh, no showers so we just have to you know, stay smelly the whole day the bus <laughs> on the
1: way home is a windows open job isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. absolutely whiffing uh, it makes Nortz's breath smell <laughs> like a actual breath of fresh air I want
2: to share that with you as well <sighs> like talking of all the things we've appreciated and going out and playing but simple things the bus rides to and from the stadium mm-hmm. I was loving it it's yeah. just like a chance to be on the bus with the boys few tunes yeah. just like not a care in the world off to play some rugby it was such a good feeling
0: so jealous! Socialising after the tournament, lads. Did you let your hair down a bit? Did all the teams get together
1: for a debrief? Not all the teams. There was a, a couple mm. of quiet beers shared at the stadium. I think mm. kind of everyone. Uh, I think everyone made their own way out in uh, into the night.
2: Yeah, we got. But it was an early finish on Sun on Monday. Monday mm. so we just everyone in this uh, hotel. We kind of few of us had a few beers with the other players in the pool and. In the jacuzzi, just chilling out, a couple of drinks,
4: and then what did you guys do? Yeah, did you we we actually had a mini uh, team court session on Monday. Nice. Yeah, so so that went pretty well. We, we Who had led that? Who's that uh, in charge? So uh, Morrath, oh, yeah. uh, team captain, Chris Eves, you know, uh, super rugby player, and uh, Appy, Appy oh, So it was You won't work. argue with Appy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do whatever you want, Appy, I'll drink whatever we, you want. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just all the, all the old boys. It was, it was good. It was a nice way to come together again. Yeah, so...
1: I heard there was a bit of um, a couple of the teams got a bit friendlier than the others, um, with the Ohio and Miami boys mm-hmm. getting to know each other in the head in town, eh? Yeah, on in Hamilton, ha- yeah, yeah, in yeah. Hamilton. A yeah. uh, couple of a um, couple of uh, strongly worded drinks thrown and uh, <laughs> a couple of punches thrown by all accounts uh, from the Miami boys, but oh. we, we won't get into that because you know I'm obviously. I pride myself on telling the truth all the time, so I don't want to let Spice get in the way of a good
4: story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: good time had by all. Tomasi, it's a realisation
0: of a dream to get you on the pod.
4: Nah. Thanks for having me, Brinsy and the boys. It's, um, you know, I've, As I said, I've, I've loved listening to the podcasts. Over, especially during lockdown, every night I'll just just leave it under, you know, beside my bed and I'll just listen to the podcast the whole night. And, and my missus will have to as well. So, and
1: Nose, she, is cor- Nose is corner
4: sending you, you to sleep. Yeah, yeah. And she loved it. So <laughs> now, nah, thanks for having me, lads. So really appreciate it.
3: One night in heaven, one, one night in heaven. What a
4: pleasure
0: to get Tomasi on the pod finally and also represent the Pacific Nations as well. We haven't had anyone from that neck of the woods and they're so important vital to the world series so good to have a representative on yeah for sure
2: as a region actually like a, a ridiculously strong region mm. um when you look at the teams that come from oceana it's the strongest region in world sevens for sure um in terms of number of teams that are competitive um, so it's about time we had someone on representing and Tomasi is a great ambassador for samoa for sevens and I love getting a nice guy on. I mean, you guys are nice guys. It's, it's a nice
1: guy's pod, isn't it? And Tomasi fits the bill. Yeah, really, really solidly good bloke. Yeah, he backed that up then as well. Like, nice to come on. Burnsy. obviously, you've obviously paid him a bit via Instagram and PayPal. You're trying to get him some money because, as you said, you're his favorite podcaster. Um, and obviously, you've got that connection now, both being the Usos. Um, yeah. So yeah, Usos. I'm glad you. I'm glad you built a rapport, Burns. That you're welcome. Yeah, again.
0: Yeah, I saw. I saw my other close personal friend, uh, KT, using Uso on Instagram this week. So I might slide into his DMs with a Uso chat. Can I suggest that you don't do that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: have you got Have you got any stories? For me? have you got any that? Yeah,
2: I can. Oh, well, the tour place one's good, yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, share that one.
1: Yeah, so it's obviously good vibe getting to know all the lads. Um, uh, we had a bit of a story time on Saturday night and um, Max Northcote Green, one of the English lads, is rooming with um, our very own resident male stripper, uh, Colin. Or, as we like to sing to him, Can you hear me, Colin? Out your name. <laughs> um, top bloke. Um... <laughs> And uh, he was brushing his teeth the other night and he thought, "Oh, he's run out of toothpaste. He'll use his roommate's toothpaste. I'm sure he won't mind. So he uses it and he's brushing his teeth and he comes out after two minutes and says, man, your English toothpaste tastes like shit. Um, to which Max replies, what have you been using? And Colin holds up a tube of VO5 hair wax. Um, so Colin the male Stripper has been brushing his hair with hair, hair wax for two minutes uh, and then had the gall to complain about using airwaxes for brushing his teeth. Was he putting the toothpaste in his hair? <laughs> that, that'd have been decent, but no, mm. I don't think he's I don't think he's up there. He doesn't really have a lid. There's some other stories about Colin which we can't share on the podcast, but he's mm-hmm. uh, needless to say, he's an interesting character.
2: He's one of the lads that came through the Tiger Rugby Combine, which is a feature of the World Tens out here. It's quite interesting. There's guys in each team from the Combine who were selected um, after a series of Combines across the States and given the opportunity to play out here on their first professional rugby. Um, Various abilities, I think it's fair to say, um, and levels of experience. Um, But the guys we've got on our team, Gio, Colin and Jimmy, all great lads, Um, representing America in our team. And, uh, yeah, good boys. Colin is definitely a future podcast guest. He's got some stories.
0: (laughs) Right, boys, I think that's a wrap for another week. Pleasure to see you as always. And shout out to Mauso. Tomasi oh
1: god yeah oh. Uh,
0: yes leave that leave, in. It in. leave
1: it in leave
0: it in no. he's human no, ladies no, and gentlemen no, no. Joe
2: Burns the media extraordinaire is human
0: uh yeah shout out to Mauso Tomasi Alessio best of luck to the Asia Pacific Dragons best of luck to the London Royals but until next week from all of us in 7th Heaven it is adios see
2: you later. bye